Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to The Connection, a weekly radio program where we share our experiences and expertise with stories of caring, courage, and change right here in Connecticut. Listen to learn about needed resources to improve your well-being and transform your life. Now, here are the hosts of The Connection, Lisa dematis Lapore and Anne Baldwin. And we're back. We're back. Fall is in the air. I Fall love it. Fall is in the air. I, I love this time of year. And this, in case you're wondering, is Anne Baldwin, President and CEO of Baldwin Media and one of the hosts of this program. So whether you're listening at 5.30 a.m. or 9 a.m., you have the pleasure of listening to myself and... Lisa DeMattis-Lapore, President and CEO of The Connection in Connecticut. That's right. Right. Two busy chicks right here. Busy. <laughs> Two busy and half crazy chicks. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> That's all right. You know, I think it's so interesting how our lives kind of came together through a mutual uh, former client of mine, which was Beth Connor. And then Beth is working for The Connection and she put us together. And, you know, it's interesting. I walked into your office the first time, you know, she, president and CEO it's a little intimidating for me to walk into someone's office with that kind of a title. and um, But we're so alike. We are alike in a lot of ways. We're so alike and we just vent with each other and we just, you know, it's it's just so great. We're, good. And we're friends. We are friends. We support each other. Yeah. It's great. And, and, you know, my birthday was in July and I'm still getting birthday presents from you guys. So how great is that? Oh, it's so good. <laughs> the birthday that would never end. I love that. I, I do too. I love it too. So we're so excited to have another one of your folks from The Connection back here in our studio. Allison Fryer is here. Look at those big blue eyes staring back at us. <laughs> oh my gosh. And our little boy who just turned one, right? Yes. He's got the same it? big he's blue so, eyes. He's so adorable. Yeah, but you know, I can't tell what he really looks like because when Allison was showing me pictures, it was ravioli dinner. Yes. So I know what he looks big like. ravioli with... guy. Hey, see her eyes? They're yeah. big and gorgeous. So are his. And I, I met him recently. We had our staff appreciation get together and he just is so calm and loving and just will he was just reaching his right arms to me and i just took that little you pinch boy. his little legs oh i did <laughs> so cute. he lunged right for her <gasps> i said i told lisa i paid him to do that oh, I, I know it reminded me of my son nico when he was that age oh it's so you know now here nico is a senior in high school i know i can't it believe goes it. by so fast it does. i thought minute. i'd never feel that way but it really does so we should also mention that allison is a director of clinical development for the connection yes, been there about what three years you've been on the show before no about two two, two years okay yeah. Yeah, it may years. feel like it's 33, <laughs> but it's no, no. two. It's been great. It's been wonderful. Yep. So, you know, what's going on out there, Allison? You know, you're working in so many different arenas, We, you mm -hmm. know, with opioids out there, uh, you know, prevention and overdosing. And did you see the thing recently where they had the, um, the penny next to the amount of... I did. They what? always show that. Fentanyl? Fentanyl oh, that yeah. it takes to kill you? I know. It's like... It's a speck. I know. It's a speck. It's scary. So what's what? Where are we at today? Are things yeah. getting any better, or worse? I think the community has done a great job of rallying around this epidemic. Um, 
But, you know, I, I was just kind of thinking about this and, and coming onto the show and preparing for that. And do you know that since 1999, the number of overdose deaths involving opioids has quadrupled? That's an alarming figure to me. That is a lot. Wow, I know when we scary. talk about the epidemic, you know, it's, it's, and we see it every day in our work, you know, in the Center for Behavioral Health, mm-hmm. we're an outpatient setting. We're in three different communities. We are in Middletown, Norwich, and New Haven, and you see it in all the communities. But when you t- think about it quadrupling since 1999. That's amazing. Alarming. You know, I was just watching a segment. I think it was on 60 Minutes a couple of weeks ago um, about this doctor who in Florida was one of the biggest prescribers mm-hmm. of, of opioids for right. pain, yep. painkillers, right? And, um, I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable. He's got, he was sentenced to life. Yeah. And how this reporter alluded to the fact that that's really where it started with pain management and folks being prescribed and then this thing taking on a life of its own. Is that, yes. is that the case? Yes. They, they really do trace a back to a lot of prescribing a lot of um dentists as well for pain related to like oral surgery um i mean all not just your primary care provider um but they've done a lot to try and really change the prescribing practices so that we can do work in the prevention and and um not get people quote unquote hooked on these opiates in the first place and lisa you see it you know standing at the helm of a of an organization like the connection um where uh, drugs and alcohol and substance abuses, uh, really, true or false, are the core of a lot of people's issues, whether it's homelessness, whether it's incarceration, you know, you see it every it's, day. It's, yeah, I mean, it's all tied together from early childhood trauma and environment, but not always. It could be from, you know, we've seen, you know, even um, children that were, or young adults that were athletes and had a serious injury, and then they get addicted to prescription meds. But we've seen all types of things, you know, it's, it's a peer pressure. I mean, there's a thousand and one issues why some medicate because they have mental health. And so they're um, medicating, you know, that anxiety, depression, anxiety, depression, etc, walking around. But the other thing that I find uh, really compelling and upsetting is in the last two weeks, seven, seven people that I know have told me um, that they know someone who lost someone to an overdose who were that was young. That, I, I feel like I can't hear one more. I mean, these are just, you know, in in the hairdresser, um, friend of a friend, mm-hmm. right? My, um, you know, family members telling me. I mean, seven. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's just not, some are just acquaintance, like not even some acquaintances. Like people are talking, oh, this person, I have to go to a funeral. Like, really? Oh, it's a young person that had an overdose. Mm-hmm. And so we just keep, I see it at work, mm-hmm. obviously, through the work we do, but also... You know, it, it's just everywhere. Right. And Allison, isn't that where education and prevention comes in then? Right. I mean, I think to Lisa's point too, and I'm sure for all those seven people, they're from all different walks of life. They are. It, this isn't specific to one population no. or, or one culture. Mm-hmm. It's, no. it's everywhere. It, it spans across socioeconomic status, age, race. It's everywhere. I think that's what's probably the most scary and why everyone's really had to rally behind it because... For such a complex issue, there needs to be a multidimensional approach to fixing it. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, too, so recently I had some major dental work 
done. And painkillers were not even no. an option. I mean, it was like, go home and take some extra strength Tylenol. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, and I'm probably not someone that should be prescribed painkillers because of my history in the first place, but it freaking hurt. So do you think we've gone, Allison, from one extreme to the other? Is there any happy medium? So what they'll do now if they think that a pain a painkiller, what they would typically provide before, they'll just do it in much lower quantities. Right. So whereas maybe before, if you had dental work, you would have been given, and I'm picking on dentistry, Mm -hmm. but we'll just use it as an example. And so you would have given a 30 day script for that. Well, you don't need 30 days worth of a painkiller. Now maybe they'll give you three days worth with no refills. Right. Mm -hmm. And that will get you through the most painful time. And then you could supplement using, yeah, Tylenol. Um, my best friend, Joy, I love you, Wildman from Hamden. Shout, shout out Too to Too bad her last name isn't Wild Woman. I know. Joy, I love you. Um, Joy Wildman. Joy Wildman. And love she's you. wild, isn't she? She's wonderful. So um, quick story. Um, Joy is a childhood friend from age 10 and um, turned 59 this year and had a massive uh, coronary open heart surgery. She's an RN. Um, and... She said, I refuse. I'm not taking any pain medicine once she got discharged after that open heart surgery with cut through, you know, chest bone, horrible. And the girl, the woman is like, I'm not taking it. I see the effects of it and the work that I do on all, in all age groups. And she's working with elderly right now, right? Um, people that are actually terminally ill. Um, but the, the thing about it is she said, Lee, I've seen so many people die and get addicted. Not that I am, but I'm, I'm not going to, I won't do that to myself. I'm not going to risk it. it. Not going to risk it. So she did that. She's not taking any, she's just on. No, she's taking Tylenol. Wow. You go girl. Wow. She's getting better. Amazing. Good. Good. Well, I hope you get better. I mean, I guess that's where it's at. You know, some of this is a personal decision. Plus, it doesn't it always depend also, like anything else, on the individual and their history right. and their brain chemistry and right. things like that. So now let's let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about the treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you seeing come, you know, through your doors or, or you know, um, blowing up the phone lines at the connection right now? Or is there Are there any kind of trends? Are you seeing any kind of patterns? I think what's been surprising to not only our population, but our staff is how much of the fentanyl is in other drugs that you wouldn't think. So it's, it's not in the heroin. It's not, you know, people are specifically sometimes seeking out fentanyl, but it's also laced in marijuana or cocaine. And so that's why we're always providing you know, Narcan education to everyone who comes in our door using any substance because you really just don't know where this is going to pop up. Mm -hmm. And if you have no tolerance for it, it can kill you. I mean, you talked about the penny, Mm -hmm. how little it can take. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask a question because I, you know, I just don't know the answer to this. Um, Why do they put fentanyl in? Does it give you more of a high or what is it supposed to do? So fentanyl will create a pretty significant euphoria, just like any opiate or heroin would. Um, And to be pretty candid, the reason that they would put it in other drugs is because if people are getting high off of it, then other users will seek that out as a good batch and they want to also mimic that high. And so that's desirable for them. So they will seek it out specifically. That particular manufacturer, if you want, I don't want to call them a manufacturer, dealer. Yes. Um, And that's what they'll want. Wow. This is so amazing to me. If they've heard that people have died from particular batch of heroin. Or they stay away from that, I would hope. No, they go towards it. 
because they're looking for that high. That's part of the disease. Life or death, it doesn't matter. It's no. the high that counts. They're always chasing the next high because their tolerance is so significant at this point. So how do you treat individuals like this? What's, your, what's step one? Step one is getting them in the door. That's so hard. I mean, I could... I could talk at length about, you know, what we could do when we get them in the door, which is intensive outpatient and outpatient and medication-assisted treatment, all of which we offer, but getting them in the door is, is the biggest part. You know, and sometimes I can speak from experience in my recovery. If it were left to me to walk through somebody's door, it would have never happened. So that's where I think the education, too, of people that are around these folks that are still in denial mm-hmm. or, you know, have ha- are so messed up that they're not even in clear enough mind to figure out how bad it is, don't understand that they might be on the door of death, for the people around you to say something. You know, it's funny, you know, here we are, you know, years later, and my friends say to me, you know, I thought maybe you had a drinking problem, but I was always afraid to say anything. Mm -hmm. And I think, shoot, I wish you would have said something. And isn't that interesting? Because if they thought you had a broken leg, do you think anyone would have hesitated to say, I think you should get some treatment for that? Mm, No. It's true. Yep. And there's real, and there's a real, it's a journey, you know, and it's not an easy conversation to have with folks, especially when their mind is altered, their mental health state might, might not be what it should be. Um, But in the end, you know, I'm so grateful for the people around me that finally took action and shoved me through the door, Mm -hmm. literally. Right. Well, engagement is, is really key, you know, getting someone in the door and then engaging them in treatment Mm -hmm. and connecting them with the the right uh, person to work for and um, Alice and her team work really hard to ensure that when a person comes in you know that you're sort of you're meeting them where they are and um, trying to work at the you look at all the issues at hand because there's many issues there's many layers it's like peeling an onion and so many things that people need to work on and um, I I always think that it's really I don't want to be Pollyanna but it's never too late to change but it's it's scary because you're you you know you're used to sort of what it's like and you have to change Mm -hmm. and deal with deal with some demons Mm -hmm. but we all have to deal with demons and it's worth the journey we've had folks on the show that have talked about their recovery amazing Um, stories of recovery and success and where they're at at today look at you oh thank you thank you it's recovery don't make me cry (laughs) um I can't believe, you know, it's been 10 years since I was, or my family was on the internet looking for help for me here in Connecticut, didn't know where to turn. And here you are. There's so many different options for people. And to your point, Lisa, you got to, you know, my situation is different than that person's situation is different than that. I might have suffered trauma. I might have, you know, had this happen or that happen. So everybody's different. It's not a cookie cutter approach, is it? No, it's definitely not. And you know, when people talking about engagement, Lisa, when people come to us for treatment, it's a treatment team. You know, mm-hmm. we have wonderful clinicians you do. And, and they're incredibly compassionate, but so are our folks that work at the front desk. Yes, they are. And Everybody. yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. such a team effort. And so are our providers and prescribers and, and myself and the leadership. We just want to help people meet their goals. We do. Whatever they are. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I've hung out and seen 
Lisa in so many different environments and everybody is just, she wants to know everybody's story. She, you know, she just is, surrounds herself with these people and really does care. And when that trickles down from the top or up from the bottom, I mean, it, it makes a big difference. If you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Allison Fryer. She's the director of clinical development for The Connection. And if you're sitting there with your pen in your hand and go, when is she going to tell us where we can get more information on all this stuff? Um, the best spot is for you to go to The Connection inc.org that's their website uh the connection inc.org but they do have a free helpline and sometimes uh it might be easier you know to pick up the phone and call whenever it's convenient for you and somebody will pick it up somebody like you talked about on the other end and that number is 855-435-7955 again 855-435-7955 it is a life or death situation and so there's really there's no way to, you're not going to beat around the bush. When we see people who are in need of immediate help we and they bring up these barriers, and I understand, I, 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 I can't imagine what that would feel like. Um, but we can help work all of that stuff out because we want you to be alive. We don't want you to die, which is where you're going. And there's, there's no if, ands, or buts about it. And we really kind of put that out there because we want people to, to be successful. Can, Allison, can you um, inform our listeners of the levels of treatment and care that we provide at the behavioral um, centers, please? Yeah, absolutely. So we offer intensive outpatient. Um, that's for substance use and mental health. That's three times a week, three hours a day. That's the highest level of care that we offer. We also have outpatient Can groups. I just stop you a second? Sure. So that's outpatient that you just talked about? That's intensive outpatient. Intensive outpatient. So that means that you come and go. Yes. But right. you're, so you're coming and going because those terms sometimes don't always resonate with people. So yes. you can take your kids to school. You, yes, can, you can go get the groceries. You can do yep, this. That's right. But you also have to make that commitment mm -hmm. to that care for you, which is scheduled. And okay, sorry to interrupt. Yes, but I just we, to make have, that we have question. many levels of treatment. Okay. Go yeah, ahead, that's Allison. a great question. Yep. Um, then we also have outpatient groups, which are one hour a week. Those are different mental health groups, different substance abuse groups, trauma groups, um, a variety of different topics that we cover. We also have individual services, couples, family. We also have uh, medication management. And specifically, sort of on topic with what we're talking about today, we do have medication-assisted treatment. We do have a Suboxone provider in both the Norwich and New Haven locations. So if that's something that you're looking for, um, just as another tool in your tool belt, along with all this other, you know, behavioral health treatment, um, that is something that we do offer. You know, talking about the, um, what did you call it, medically-assisted? Medication-assisted treatment. Medication-assisted treatment. You know, I, too have to give you know some credit to that for my sobriety because when I came back from my 30 days away mm -hmm. I'm like I got this and I didn't have it and I relapsed two months in and that's when I was given at the time what was called antabuse mm -hmm. right. so I would take that pill each and every day my dad came over watched me swallow it made sure I didn't cheek it gave me my keys and off I went for a year wow. 365 days but you, you know what? You. It gave me that longevity. It helped that that pink cloud to lift, and it helped me get some time under my belt to figure out how to live the way I should be living. Right. So I am a big believer if yes. you need it, and that's where you need the professionals to assess whether you need it or not. Right. And it's just one tool. One you know, of you many. Oh, hell yeah. And it doesn't mean that you need to be on medication forever. It also no. doesn't need, mean that you need to be in treatment forever. Nope. But... 
if you treat it accordingly, then you can live a life of in recovery and what, and look at, I mean, look at you. You're such a good example. You did that for one year. Mm-hmm. And but I still have are. other tools that I use. Of course. You know, I it go, was just one tool right. that you I go to time. meetings. I am involved. I do this radio show. This is a, this is a part of my recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you can't build a house with just a hammer, right? No. So you need a lot of different tools and everybody's different. And that's where you talk about meeting them where they're at. My Absolutely. tools might not work for what you need or you need or you need. But in addition, um, what to um, Allison, what you're talking about and these levels of treatment, the other uh, wonderful thing is because you're working with such an intensive team that's wrapped around your services at the behavioral health centers, if at any time you need a higher uh, level of treatment. We also offer that at the connection. And if it's, if it's, uh, it's a specific issue that perhaps we don't treat, you have then we, we have, um, we work, uh, we have a lot of uh, relationships and collaborative efforts with our, with our other the other programs in Connecticut that yep. we support, like yep. they support us, and right. we'll refer folks out and help them along the way, and that includes help for your family and your children, and housing, others, housing, employment. All of it. I mean, and a lot of these things are real life barriers to recovery. I mean, it's like, how can I get sober if I don't know if I'm going to have a job or if I don't know if I'm going to have a roof over my head or what I'm going to eat next? What I'm going to eat. Yeah. I mean, there's just and so many different things that I know I think about, I take for granted, but there's people out there. Everybody's got some different issues and, to and, do. And Allison, I know you can concur with this that the, the clients that we see. Um, at times very, you know, sometimes they, they may start at residential and then they go to outpatient mm-hmm. and then, you know, they take care of themselves. Continue, yeah. Continue or they're an outpatient and then it's residential and then they may go back and they go into housing. And so. Or they may be in all these programs and eventually all- they come back and they're working for the connection because they're just. And we do have. We amazing. Do, and we do. And we do. I know. We do employ. I know. Um, we do have staff. They've been that, on the show. I know that. And, you know, to look at these people, like to, to look at me, do I look like I was locked up for 28 days and, and uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest situation for a while? I mean, you know, so, but it, it didn't always look like this. And, and this is a work in progress. I'm, I'm not healed by any means. I still have my issues, but it's how you deal with those. And, and you've got to, I couldn't figure this out on my own. I have a disease called alcoholism and I needed people to help me figure it out. And that's what you're there for. Yes, Absolutely. And, and, you know, to both of your points, those nice warm handoffs, whether they're within the connection or our other community supports or, and people that we collaborate with all the time, um, we have those relationships. And so we, we can do. be in connection with them and ensure, you know, the, the best care for the, for our clients. That's what we really care about is yeah. the best care for our clients and to ensure that, um, because when we see an individual, we also look at who else is in their life and sort of, and definitely have a family approach and want to help every, you know, sort of that unit, because we know that if in in fact, if there's people in their life, right, if not, we're going to help them connect with healthy people, that we were really invested in the success of everyone, because when one person gets better, then everyone else too is getting better. You know, it's sort of like this amazing, um, you know, you plant a seed, it grows. And we love to see that. And so many stories of, um, you know, babies I held in my hand that are now in you t- you talk about that I know because it it just I can't yeah. and you it, keep in touch with these people I, and you I know keep, and you're like on my Facebook the, you, you know your clients kids kids you know it's just and you know what president and CEO does that I mean I don't know any but that's just amazing it shows that you care about the person and I seeing do. them get to the it, next it's just it's amazing for me to see that to see that these generational cycles of abuse are, are stopping, stopping and we're affecting yes. we're affecting all these people and I just, it's just for me right. it's just 
it, I know that treatment can work and that there is recovery and irregardless of where you are in your life, when things happen, um, you know, we are, we're, we're going to be there for you because we believe that every single person that's listening to us right now in this radio show, you are all worthy of, we all make mistakes and you're all worthy of second and third and sometimes fourth chances. And we want to be there to help you along your journey. And that's why the connection's here. And we're never going to judge who you are because we don't, we don't pass judgment. So we just want to help everyone that's listening right now because please believe that you are so worth. Don't let anyone ever tell you you're not worth anything because you know what you are. And it's young and it's, I mean, mine didn't hit me till I turned 50, you know, so everybody's, it's different and you are worth saving and there is life. There is life without substances in your body. There really is. I'm just as crazy and have just as much fun as I did before. I said, you know, the one difference, I remember it, <laughs> but you know, but here's the thing, Allison, you are, um, I, Allison Fryer newer to our team, but clearly, um, bright, empathetic cares, cares about her staff has built an amazing team. So I'm just so blessed to have her part of, of the work that she does. And, um, please folks reach out, reach out to Allison, reach out to our services. And you can do that by calling our 1-800 number, which is 855-435-7955 or go to the website, theconnectioninc.org. Allison, thanks for coming back. Thank you for having me. It's always Allison, a great thank conversation you for the work you do. and I just love it and keep, uh, keep feeding that little cutie of yours, um, ravioli. SpaghettiOs or ravioli or whatever. He's will. so cute. Thank you. All right. And thanks to you for tuning in to this edition of The Connection right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact choose from premium blinds shades and shutters we even have options for your patio too Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.